Welcome to the West Steps. The West Steps is a podcast from the Colorado Children's Campaign that explores issues that impact Colorado kids and families. I'm your host, Beza Tedes. Welcome to the season four of the West Steps. I can't believe we are doing our season four. Um, And something new this year, um, our podcast is made possible with a few of our sponsors from our annual fundraiser 2021, um, which was presented by Goldbug. And the keynote sponsor was um, Colorado Access and David and Lauren's Mirage Foundation. So a big thank you to those. Um, And like every season um, opener of the West Steps, I have a very special guest and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Wow. Season four. I know. Four seasons of the West Steps. Well, thank you, Beza. I love the West Steps. My name is Riley Kitts. I am the government affairs director here at the Colorado Children's Campaign. So I have the absolute honor and privilege of working with the brilliant minds at the Colorado Children's Campaign, and then helping to devise our legislative and executive branch strategies. And here we are, season four, which means that I'm in my fourth session with the Children's Campaign. Isn't that crazy? Legislative session. It's crazy. Time flies, especially Especially um, in a pandemic. pandemic. (laughs) You know, know, we had like one legislative session together that it was sane that we recorded the podcast in my office and in the little studio we had a mic Uh, i know i know there's so many things yeah Um, glad to be here thank you base yeah thank you for making the time um so the first question is i think for a lot of us who um kind of and to drop off right after the legislative session ends. What has been happening since the last time we talked, which was end of the legislative session 2021? Yeah, let's so let's it's been a been a while, right? So let's, yeah. let's do some level setting, some recapping, right? So typically Colorado legislative session goes from early January to early May. Legislators can meet for no more than 120 days, but COVID really threw a wrench in that a couple of years ago. And in 2020, the legislature actually took a pause uh, because of the public health emergency, took a pause for a little while, and then continued that 120-day clock, did that in 2020. And then last year, in 2021, they did the same thing. They started the session, had to pause because of COVID. So instead of ending in in early May, we actually ended in early June these last couple of years. Um, And so uh, hopefully this year, it's 120 days from January to May, and we're done in early May. But a lot has happened over these last six, seven months since the legislative session ended in June of 2021. Um, so we have a technically a part-time legislator here in Colorado, right? We only meet during the spring. There's actually a lot of work that happens both at the Capitol and outside the Capitol in those interim months, you know, in those months between June and December, June and January, where the legislature is still actually meeting on specific topics. And then we at the Children's Campaign are participating in a lot of processes to make sure that the upcoming session, the session that we're starting right now, that we're ready to go on a whole host of priorities. So so in the building, in the Capitol since June, they've had a number of what are called interim committees and task forces meeting 
to work on specific issues, right? So this year they've had interim committees around behavioral health, uh, around um, housing affordability, around economic recovery, around the school finance formula, around early childhood and school readiness. So specific committees have a meeting on that and developing recommendations for, for legislation that'll be introduced this year. So there's been a lot of that work, right? Trying to communicate with legislators, making sure that recommendations get baked in the right way, making sure there's a strong focus on kids and families, even throughout those processes. We've had that very um, inside the Capitol kind of dynamics. And then outside the Capitol, right, there's been a lot of work going in to make sure that this session is going to be a success. So for one, the Children's Campaign has been convening and participating in numerous coalitions, right, to make sure that the legislation that we're championing this year is is really sound, is vetted, has had a lot of stakeholding, has had a lot of input, especially from folks who will directly impact, who are directly impacted by the policies. And we'll talk about some of those priorities here soon. And then there's been, you know, one really big process that we've been a part of, and that's this very intense, very time intensive, very large uh, process to transition the state for the new Department of Early Childhood and the Universal Preschool Program, which both need to come on here in the next year or so. So the new Department of Early Childhood actually opens their doors July 1 of this year, July 1, 2022. Universal Pre-K needs to be up and running for the uh, uh, 23-24 school year. So we have an extra year there. But there's been this very intense, uh, very robust process to develop recommendations for what programs move into this new department. What is the mission and vision of this new early childhood department? And how can we design a universal pre-K program, a singular voluntary universal pre-K program that's easy for parents to navigate and serves children who need it the most. And so those recommendations have been worked on over the last several months. They've been recently finalized, but that's been probably one of the biggest processes that we've been really involved with in the last few months, along with still staying plugged in at the Capitol as best we can and participating in so many other coalitions that touch on school, uh, K-12, that touch on um, health insurance coverage, right? That touch on economic security. Really excited for where we're all headed. So you've been slacking, is what you're saying. You you haven't you haven't done much since the last time we talked. Yeah. Once again, right? We just said like time has no meaning. Time flies when you're having fun. So it's been a lot of work in a short amount of time. Um, and and I I can definitely say that the the staff of the children's campaign in particular has not been slacking. <laughs> so. Um, if they're not been slacking, I think the next question makes sense then. So what what are some of the um, priorities for the Colorado Children's Campaign this year at the Capitol? Yeah, great question. So a lot of them, you know, are informed by those processes I just spoke of, right? Whether those those different task forces, those different coalitions we've been convening and participating in, right? That huge process for the new department. So first and foremost, right, huge priority for us is to ensure that the new department gets off uh, the ground come July 1, 2022, that we're running legislation to do that, running legislation to set in motion the new universal preschool program. That really is a, a top level concern um, and, and, and really exciting opportunity for the children's campaign and so many folks, especially the early childhood community, especially for parents and providers 
who have had a heck of a time navigating the early childhood system, even before COVID, way harder now, right? I have a 19-month-old at home. It is not easy to navigate finding childcare, especially right now. And the goal of this legislation is to streamline, unify the early childhood system, make it easier for parents to navigate, make it easier for providers to navigate. So that's, that's first off top of mind. But with that, we also know with early childhood that if we're going to try to expand access to childcare and preschool and make these systems work better, we need the workforce, right? We need those educators. We need those early childhood staff, the ones who care for and help raise our youngest kids. We don't have enough of them anywhere in the nation and in particular here in Colorado. We have a dire need when it comes to the early childhood workforce. So another topic we're going to be definitely working on this year is how do we support the early childhood workforce? How do we ensure they have the compensation they need to actually, you know, stay in their jobs? And then how do we incentivize those folks once they get in the profession to move up their professional ladder, to move up the credentialing system, get more experience, bring more quality to those classrooms? We kind of have a two-pronged approach here when it comes to early childhood in particular. That's very exciting. Um, so what what are you looking forward to this legislative session? It seems like a lot of the priorities for the children's campaign and also a lot of other advocates seems to be very these like large structural changes to early childhood and how we support um, families through the pandemic and the behavioral health consequences of the pandemic and pre-existing behavioral concerns. Um, so what are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? I think you touched on it perfectly. I'm excited to do whatever we possibly can in these next 120 days to support families in Colorado as best we can. And that's going to say it over. We are the children's campaign, but we recognize that children exist within the context of their caregivers and their families. And so the focus for me this year is families, families, families. And so on top of the early childhood priorities we have laid out, right? We've been doing a lot of work in, in health and in K-12 education and economic security and housing. So we're working on legislation to expand health insurance coverage, um, especially to folks who lack proper documentation, and in particular, pregnant and postpartum individuals, those who have just given birth, those who don't have proper documentation, making sure they have the health coverage they need, making sure that kids who came here without proper documentation have the health coverage they need. Very exciting, very complex and uh uh, a lot of moving parts in, in that particular piece of legislation, but just so cool the opportunity we have in front of us to really try to touch every corner of the state to make sure no matter where you were born, no matter your socioeconomic status, that you have an option for some health insurance coverage. So we're really excited there. You touched on the second thing, right? It's been a trying few years, right? And we're still in it. And that has you know, uh, a wearing on the social, emotional, behavioral health of us all, but in particular, right, kids, students, and families. It's hard for families to still navigate this. The cost risk, you know, the, 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 the risk assessment we all have to do with COVID still is really wearing. And so we're going to be focused on, on that with a lot of other partners of how do we make sure that schools in particular are set up to support the social, emotional well-being of, of our students? How do we make sure we have supportive school climates, right? As, as kids are back in person now, for the most part, how do we make sure those environments are uplifting and not only uplifting for our students, but for those who care for our students in those settings, for the educators, for the administrators, for the support staff, 
like school psychologists, social workers? How can we bring more resources um, and better supports for them as well? So, so excited on kind of that health, behavioral health support. Um, and then we have some real just opportunities, I think, to make pretty substantial system reforms to a, to a number of things. Some of that could be making changes to how we fund our schools and making sure that we are focused on students, on the student need, rather than on um, system needs or administrative needs, right? How can we make sure how we fund schools is actually targeted towards the kids that need it most? There's great stuff in the works there. There's also great work, great stuff in the works to make sure we're actually making our systems uh, that serve families as best as we can, right? How can we make sure that things like um, uh, our public assistance programs, you know, programs like temporary assistance for needy families in the state, it's TANF or Colorado Works. You know, that's a program that has a lot of barriers to it, has a lot of onerous work requirements, has a lot of punitive measures built in. And it's a program that gives public assistance, but it's not enough public assistance to allow people to get by. It's not public assistance that has kept up with inflation. And so there's opportunities to make sure that families are First off, getting the right amount of assistance uh, that they need, but then also that the hoops they have to jump through are actually helpful, right? Are actually supporting families and not creating further barriers or tearing them down. And so once again, I hope what you really see from the children's campaign this year is really intentional targeted approaches from multiple angles, multiple systems, all to help families have a better an easier time navigating our government and the systems that are in place. I hope that's what you hear throughout this entire um, legislative session. I hope that you see that first and foremost in our agenda. And what's really exciting is that I know we're going to be successful in making these changes and making these investments. Yeah, that's very exciting. I think it's um, exciting to think about um, families, kids within the, the context they existed, and then thinking about what impacts those contexts and thinking about the systems that influences that context. And then really thinking about how to fix those systems so that everybody can benefit is truly generally um, the exciting part of this work. Um, as we come to get closer to that wrap up, um, I wonder if you can, um, you know, the pandemic has taken a lot from people. And I think the mental exhaustion is truly um, immeasurable. Uh, but I wonder if you can let people know how they can get involved, because I think as much as we are kind of exhausted by it all, we also have to have continue have to be vigilant. And this is the people's government and like we have to continue to participate. So how can people continue to get involved this year during um, the legislative session? Mm -hmm. You're right, Baze. It's been hard, right? It's been hard on everyone. Um, it's been hard on our staff. It's been hard on our partners. It's been hard on other advocates, legislators, policymakers, government employees. It's been hard. I, I'm though just continually so impressed and inspired that everyone seems to be at their, have a full plate and be at the end of their capacity, right? And yet there's still just strong engagement and momentum from advocates and from people who want to make our systems better. Yeah. and more functional for families that there's still a lot of momentum and there's still a lot of folks who really want to stay engaged. And I think that's one of the great things that maybe has come out of this pandemic is that we have made strides as a state to make our government more accessible. And part of that's just, you know, a simple thing of like using zoom to testify in committees, 
right? Like that's still going to be a thing this year. That's a practice that went into effect when the pandemic first hit. And I think it's been great. It's allowed people from all across the state to participate in the legislative process, um, not have to come down to the Capitol, even though that can be very exciting, but sometimes you're sitting and waiting around for hours and hours and hours, um, which is not conducive to any sort of work-life personal balance, right? But allowing someone to hop on a Zoom to put their voice into the civic process, whether it's on their lunch break or in their car or when they're watching their kids, um, just breaks down those barriers and makes our government and our capital more accessible. So folks, there are going to be plenty of opportunities to testify remotely. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to submit written testimony, even if you can't do the remote version to committee members and have your voice be heard. Um, and then you always know that like the children's campaign, even before the pandemic, we're striving to make things transparent and accessible, right? And so we're going to continue to do that this year. We're going to continue to have resources for how you can stay plugged in, whether it's by signing up for our newsletter and Kids Flash, looking at our website for our capital updates, following us on social media, watching our weekly videos, which will include me and other staff this year, giving updates on what happened at the legislative session. Uh, those are all ways to get plugged in. But also, you can come ask us directly, right? If, if you want to say, I want to contact this representative, I want to contact this senator, I want to learn what's going on in early childhood or in K-12 or health or economic security, because I know that there's some changes out there that need to be made to help my community. You can come ask us. Just come ask us. Email me, call me, text us. You can find our contact information on our website at coloradokids.org and ask us, I want to get in touch with Senator so-and-so. What's the best way to do that? Do you have their phone number? Do you have their email? And what should I say? Love to walk people through that. And so we are here for as a resource for not only policymakers and legislators and other advocates, we strive to be a resource and to have our capital be accessible for community members and for family members and for students and for anyone who wants to get involved in the process. We're here to help. And like I said, there's momentum. So now's the time to get involved and push our government to make changes and to make improvements and to make investments. Um, as we hopefully actually come out of this pandemic, right? Um, and 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 move on to to hopefully a better day. And we can do that with all your help. Um, so I think there are plenty of opportunities. And I, even with everything swirling, I'm just so excited for the direction that I hope our state is headed in. Yeah. Well, um, I could not have said that better. Thank you so much, um, Riley, for making the time and for explaining what to look forward to this legislative session and. This is definitely not the last time that you and I talk during this season of the West Steps. Um, you are probably the most reoccurring guest on the podcast, so um, that will not be that will not be different this year. Season um, four, baby, season four. <laughs> yeah, best season yet. Best season yet, and uh, thank you for tuning in for another season of the West Steps. We'll continue to bring in conversations with. Um, people who are experts in the policy area, people with lived experience to tell us what's happening at the legislature and how you can get involved in the process. So thanks for tuning in. And Riley, thank you for making the time. Thank you, Beza. You have a good one. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The West Steps. The West Steps is a production of the Colorado Children's Campaign. If you want to support our work, please visit our website at coloradokids.org. And see you next week. 
Thank you. Thank you.